This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's only you to blame. Let me break this down for you. Life is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job first. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, with your host, John Rush. All right, we are back. Hour number three is upon us. Welcome, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. As I said a moment ago, Dr. Wayne Weingarten joining us now. Uh, Dr. Weingarten, welcome to Rush to Reason. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. You are from the Pacific Research Institute, and as I told everybody earlier, we Americans pay a whopping $1,300 tort tax per person. So explain to us, what is a tort tax? Well, a tort tax, it's hidden, so you don't even know you're paying it. But it ends up increasing the cost of everything we buy because litigation, which is completely frivolous, is just pervading and there's just instance after instance, we document this in, in a little report that we just put out, where lawyers are, in effect, targeting particularly small businesses, shaking them down, and getting, you know, in effect, usually a settlement, you know, ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 from the small business, which is real money, a harm yep. the small business. That's right. And it ends up increasing our prices. And oh, when you oh really quick. So what together, you're telling me, and I'm, I'm a business owner, so I know this full well, but I try to teach our listeners this on a routine basis. So what you're telling me is businesses don't absorb costs. They pass them on to their customers. Uh, they, they, don't absorb, they don't pay taxes either. They pass on That's to right. Customers. Thank you. Thank it's, you, by the way. It's just the way it works. <laughs> yeah. they, they, don't, they don't, frankly, this is what people don't understand, they frankly don't pay for anything Dr. Weingarten, if they're doing it correctly and they're running their business the way that it should be, they're passing all costs, including the profits that they want to make as an owner, on to the customer, correct? And when the businesses that can't do that go out of business. That's right. That's exactly right. They, they can no longer function. They lose too much money. They go broken. And, and I get it. There's a lot of businesses that do that, that can't make it. You know what some of those statistics are. But bottom line, what you're saying is all of these different lawsuits that happen, at the end of the day, the American public is the ones that are paying the bill, not the businesses themselves. That's right. And, and it's the American public that... It suffers the consequences, not just in higher bills. This study is to say four million jobs have, <clears throat> excuse me, been created because of the depressed economic activity mm. that this tour tax imposes. So it's also lost jobs that, that are never being created because of this, this problem. Okay, and I know, but I always assume, and I shouldn't, because you know what happens when we assume. We have a lot of different listeners out there. We cover several states. What is tort in the first place? I should have said that to begin with, and I apologize. We should have explained that right off the bat. But that, what we're talking about is lawsuits. Now, 
there are times when you know we we need access to the courts. Correct. When somebody's acting in an egregious manner, they've endangered somebody. You walk into a restaurant, there was something dangerous. You harmed yourself. There, there needs to be recourse sometimes through the court system, and that's that's very valid. That's important, uh, both economically and it, and it's the right thing to do. But what's not right, and what you saw, there's an instance that we documented where lawyers from Florida targeted a small town in Texas and, in effect, did drive-by lawsuits where you see, you know, they're driving by the parking lot okay. and find a technical violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Ah. Now, that's an incredibly important act, right, yep. you know, in terms of right. getting people access. But there's sometimes when, like, the, the parking space is not exactly the way it's supposed to be. I mean, something where... Uh, it's a technical violation. They never give the small business owner a chance to correct it. What they do is they find that technical violation and they sue them. Ah. And they'll say, you know, we'll, yep. we, we'll, we'll drop the suit if you settle for 20 grand. And yep. it, it doesn't matter if you could prevail in court, 20 grand up front is just going to make yep. a whole lot more sense. Yep. Oh, and, than, and to your than, point, than, and for a lot of folks maybe that don't understand this, it could be simply as having the handicapped space off one space. In other words, maybe it's supposed to be one space to the right or one space to the left, but it's not. That could be, to your point, Dr. Weingarten, a technical violation that they then get sued over. Am I explaining that correctly? Absolutely. And there was one thing we documented where it was that the handicapped sign wasn't exactly the way it was supposed to be. Yeah. There was a few words that were supposed to be on it that weren't. Now, they, not that anybody couldn't recognize a little blue sign with the, right. uh, the, the wheelchair on it. Right. But you know, again, it's 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 not about correcting. Well, it can be it's it can be everything. Access. Literally, Doctor Weingarten, as you know, from the height of the door handle entering the business. I mean, things that can, to your point, can be driven by and seen. You don't even have to enter the premises and look at the bathrooms. Just driving by, you know, the ramp may have too many cracks in it, or it's not the right slope, or on and on we go. I mean, it, the list is endless. Exactly. By the way, right. And and I think what's really grievous about this is it's not like somebody was denied access. This is not somebody who's actually harmed. right. It's right. a potential harm. It's a lawyer looking for a potential harm in order to get a payment. So what you're saying is, and maybe, I didn't, I didn't read everything. I apologize. I have a lot going on on a daily basis. But do we need tort reform, or what's the answer here? Well, we absolutely need tort reform. And, and, and part of the reason we picked it up is, I mean, this is something we've needed for decades. I'm old enough to know that tort reform is uh, something that's come and go in fads, and people talk about it, and we never, we never get it. And, Part of the reason we never get it is because the lawyers. They yeah, the country's won by. Right? Sorry, the country's ran by lawyers. That's all the politicians, by the way, as you know. Exactly, but what kind of incentives to to write this is right now people have lost ground because of the inflation, and and even if we conquered it, mm. right, life is much more unaffordable right now, and the economy's shaky. And so the great thing about tort reform is here's an opportunity to boost up the economy. Uh, and we don't need to, you know, do anything else. We don't need to go down the whole uh, kind of tired debate of whether or not we should do tax reform, which we should. Or, you know, but all of these things that Congress can't pass, well, here's total reform. Here's something that can, w- without changing all of the other fundamental factors, make life a little bit more affordable, help create more jobs, help kind of stimulate the economy at a time where we need all of that. And so that, that's how we wrote this now, and that's how we're bringing it up, is that to remind us that here's something we yep. can do that can help stimulate the economy at a time where things are really quite difficult. 
again, as a business owner, can't argue with you at all on any of this. You are spot on. As, as soon as I saw this, by the way, it was like, okay, yeah, i got to get you on. I understand this you know, full well as an owner, what these things do and some of the frivolous things that come. And I, again, Dr. Weingarten, we could literally spend an hour talking about all the frivolous things that can come down the road from people that claim to slip and fall in a parking lot that don't and on and on we go. I mean, the reality is it's endless, some of the lawsuits that can come. And to your point, in a lot of cases, these are settled out of court either by the business themselves or the insurance company, which again, as you know, even if the insurance company pays out, well, that business is still going to pay over time because their rates are going to go up. So at the end of the day, the customer still pays. That's right. That's right. And it happens to big businesses, too, and so that gets priced into all of our goods. I mean, that's why huge corporations have, you know, big legal departments. Mm -hmm. They've got it. They're too happy to deal with it. Now, they have the resources to spend, but that's still a cost on our economy. That's right. in, you know that our cars are more expensive because of this. That's no, you're you're exactly right. Everything, all of the daily goods. I mean, people don't realize that when big companies, even the WalMarts of the world, have to go through and fight some of the things we're talking about, or their shrinkage because of shoplifting, and and even some of the lawsuits that come from the shoplifters themselves against the stores and so on and so forth. I mean, it's really Dr. Weingarten getting out of hand. If we don't get some tort reform. I'm afraid, I'm not sure exactly how we're going to stop inflation because it is one of the contributors of. And and that's one of the things we're we're literally burying ourselves with a thousand cuts. I mean, all of these different regulations, I mean, we we kind of broaden this out, but the different regulations that are coming from the federal governments, I mean, even within uh, Denver and Colorado, that, you know, those mandates are additional costs. And so all of this starts piling up. And People don't go into business <laughs> to deal with regulations. They don't go into business to deal with lawyers. You, you become an entrepreneur because it's, it's, a, it's a passion. It's a way you can actually make money mm-hmm. and kind of pursue your own passion uh, and be your own boss and, be, you know, and, yep. and pursue that dream. And, and all of these are just obstructions that keep people from doing that. Exactly right. All right. How do folks find the Pacific Research Institute and what you guys are working on? Well, you can, you can find us on Twitter, you can find us on Facebook, also our website is pacificresearch.org, where you can find not just our study in tort reform, but we cover a host of issues, economics, education, healthcare, so all, all of these important topics are, are all at that website. Well, uh, Dr. Wayne, appreciate you joining us very much. As you can tell, this is something that's very, very dear to me, because I, I understand right off the bat exactly how this works what the costs are and the fact of the matter is the business owners are not uh, absorbing these these are getting passed on to us as consumers that's right i really appreciate the opportunity you know you're very welcome thank you for joining us i appreciate it very much big deal folks it's something that's needed to happen in this country for a very long time this can keeps getting kicked down the road because again as he said and he is 100 percent correct our country's run by lawyers they don't want to turn on their own including some of those on the republican side And they don't want to turn on their own. So in turn, we just keep having these happen and happen and happen. And it's driving inflation as we speak. Absolute Electrical Plumbing, Heating, and Air is up next. Don't forget to ask about the Quiet Cool system when you call. You can get on the schedule right now to get that done. And you can find them at klzradio.com. Your air conditioner is costing you a fortune. And Denver is the perfect climate for quiet, cool, attic, and whole house technology. So you can save money and enjoy a cool home. Absolute Electrical Plumbing, Heating, and Air is now your source for quiet, cool technology. With a quiet, cool whole house or attic fan, you can use the cool evenings and mornings to your advantage by pulling the cool air in and pushing the hot air out. 
giving you a lower baseline temperature to start with and ensuring that your expensive air conditioner isn't doing all the work. The U.S. Department of Energy calls quiet cool fans the most cost-efficient way to cool any home. Don't sweat your way through the summer this year or pay a fortune to run your air conditioner. Get a quiet cool attic or whole house fan installed with absolute electrical plumbing, heating, and air today. KLZ listeners can save $300 on a quiet cool installation. Just go to klzradio.com slash absolute and fill out the short form. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, speaking of lawsuits, and Kevin is not one of those that wants to get into frivolous lawsuits that you don't really have anything coming. That's not what Kevin does. He's there to represent you when you actually do need something. That's Kevin. And again, he's not afraid to go to court and fight for what you legitimately have coming your way. 303-806-8886. Personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law has a unique background that makes him a more effective advocate for you. He handles both criminal and civil cases. Most attorneys only do one or the other, but Kevin has almost 25 years of experience on both sides, which means he has more practice in the courtroom. Most personal injury attorneys will say they have experience in court, but since only about 10% of personal injury cases actually go to trial, those attorneys only appear in court once or twice a year. Because Kevin also takes criminal cases, he appears in court constantly. Kevin has a rare ability to present an argument that only comes from years of experience learning how to read a courtroom. Personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh continues to practice both civil and criminal defense because he believes the courtroom keeps him nimble. Trial tested, trial ready. Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law. Schedule a free consultation now at 303-806-8886. All right, take the stress out of a home purchase or sale with K&R Home Transitions. You get two realtors for the price of one, and just go to klzradio.com to find them. You need to sell your home, but it needs some remodeling. That sounds simple. All you need to do is source contractors, research the market to find out what buyers are looking for, direct the work to be done, hire someone to clean up the mess, do the work, shoot photography and list the home, negotiate with buyers, make concessions, and redo some of the work you already did. Oh, okay, that doesn't sound very simple. But there is a better option. You can hire Kat and Robin of K&R Home Transitions and let them partner with ReUp to handle the updates without paying a dime up front. ReUp will remodel your home based on what will sell and increase value. They will do the work, clean the mess, and Cat and Robin will market and list the home to sell fast. K&R will help you navigate the process start to finish. You can let them do the work and enjoy the additional cash you make from selling a highly marketable home faster than you could have. Go to klzradio.com home to learn more about K&R Home Transitions and Reup. A working business will be worth much more than the sum of its assets. You may think your equipment is worth some money, but you're probably wrong. Investors don't want to buy used equipment. They want to buy a working business. Selling a business that is operating smoothly will garner a much higher price than trying to auction off assets individually. A successful, profitable business should be able to keep operating long after you retire. John Rush can get you there in two years. He's done it with other clients. Get started now. Email john at rushtoreason.com. This is Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. All right, we are back. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Scott Garland should be joining us here at the... 
5.30 mark, so we can get an update of what's going on with the markets and corporate profits and things along those lines, which we'll get into. I have an article from cfact.org. With no replacement for oil, countries and companies are ramping up alternatives to renewables. This is by Ronald Stein. In answer to the provocative question based on an article of issues and insights, are we finally headed, headed towards ESG sanity? Sweden and Shell Oil have recently initiated actions that deem beneficial for the health and well-being of the world's 8 billion residents. The few wealthy countries transitioning to occasional electric generation from breezes and sunshine has proven to be ultra-expensive for Germany, Australia, Great Britain, New Zealand, all of the EU, and, of course, the USA. Those few wealthy countries represent about 1 billion of the world's population, which, by the way, is a little over 8 billion right now as we speak. I checked just a couple of days ago. That leaves over 7 billion people living in nations that could not care less about emissions, including all nations with high birth rates and all nations that have a large percentage of people without reliable electricity. The ruling class in wealthy countries is not cognizant that the planet populized from 1 to 8 billion over the last 200 years. During that time, we learned through human ingenuity that crude oil is virtually useless unless it's manufactured, refined, into oil derivatives that are the basis of more than 6,000 products that we use in our daily lives that did not exist before the 1900s. Think about that. 6,000 products we all use that did not exist before the 1900s. So some, what, 120 years ago, roughly. And the fuels needed to move the heavyweight and long-range needs of more than 50,000 aircraft moving people and products and more than 50,000 merchant ships for global trade that flows and, of course, the military and space programs. That last paragraph, by the way, is something that most of our politicians, the egomaniac environmentalists that don't think they ever do anything wrong and that they think are right, they think they're right, they, they don't understand anything about what I just said. These are the same people that protest something showing up in automobiles or kayaks made of plastic, or I can go down the list. These people are clueless as to what oil even does in their daily lives, yet they want to get rid of it. They're, they're just clueless. I have no other way to say it. It's like RAC, Regional Air Quality Council here in Colorado, meeting next month to ban all gas-powered lawn equipment, personally and commercially. Dumb. Absolutely dumb. It just makes no sense whatsoever. These are the same people that think they're saving the planet that are going to make everybody run around and have lithium-mined batteries and the like supplying the energy to those lawnmowers and weed eaters and backpack blowers and such chainsaws on down the line we go they evidently forget that without a gas-powered engine you still have to power that device i guess we can just go back to the old days of using hand saws and cutting grass with clippers and it's just not good what is it charlie the sip yeah 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 the yeah the, yeah, the sif the sifth yeah yeah, I guess it sounds like I have a list, but no. Yeah, I, we're not going to go back to that, folks. It's not going to happen. The world would stop 
going backwards. But yet, that's frankly, that's what a lot of these people want. Let's just go back in time. They think the world will be a lot better place with raw sewage running down the streets and not having all of the finer niceties that we now have. That, you know, they forget that all of those things operate because we now have oil. This is something most people don't realize. Back when oil really was even discovered and Rockefeller started refining it and started figuring out other uses for it, and gasoline was a byproduct, of course, and on and on we go. And the rest, of course, you know the history. Keep in mind, these were individuals that were creating the very thing we take for granted today and yet didn't have the same niceties we have now. These were some of the richest people. They were, not some of. They were the richest people on the planet. And yet, if they got a bad infection, might die because they didn't have the medical care we have today. They didn't have some of the modern plumbing and things that we enjoy today, heat in our homes and the cars even that we all drive today and on and on we go. They didn't have the basic niceties that our lowest class people today have. And yet they were the richest people in the world. We tend to forget that sometimes. Anyway, I digressed. Point being, the average lefty who believes in all of this nonsense has no idea that they use one of those multiples of those 6,000 products on a daily basis. Actually, I, I, I shouldn't even say daily basis, by a moment-by-moment moment basis. Of the three fossil fuels, coal is used for coal-fired power plants and furnaces to make steel. Natural gas is used for natural gas-powered plants and for making fertilizers that help feed the world. Crude oil is a fossil fuel that is useless unless it can be manufactured at refineries into usable oil derivatives that make the most of the products in the or that make most of the products in the world and the fuels for the various transportation infrastructures, militaries, and space programs. Recognizing that ridding the world of oil without a replacement in mind would be immoral and evil. And as extreme shortages of these products now manufactured from fossil fuels result in billions of fatalities from diseases, malnutrition, and weather-related deaths and could be the greatest threat to the world's 8 billion population. Now, keep this in mind. I do believe this is all part of a master plan. The people that are even advocating for this don't even think about this being a part of the plan or think of themselves being a part of the plan. If they really sat down and thought about it, there are those out there that want to see us go back in time, and they want to see the Earth's population go from 8 billion to 800 million. 8 billion to 800 million. Keep in mind that the United States of America right now has about 340 million people in it. So they want, an, they want a world where you're about three times the size of the U.S. population is all. That's it. Not 8 billion, 800 million. So they don't care if we get rid of oil and kill lives, you know, kill people, take lives. They don't care. That's actually part of the goal, in my opinion. You'll be hard-pressed to get them to admit that, but that is exactly what their plan is. So recently, Sweden stirred up the global climate conversation by overturning its green electricity targets and shifting its focus back to nuclear power. Finance minister cited the need for more stable electric supply pointing out that the inherent instability in wind and solar electricity generating sources. 
Like Sweden, Shell is doubling down, away from wind turbines and solar panels and into fossil fuels. Shell said it would expand its booming liquefied natural gas business while focusing other investments on low-carbon technologies, including biofuels, hydrogen, electrical vehicle charging, and carbon capture and storage. At the recent Indy 500 race, Shell was proud to power the Indy cars with 100% renewable fuel. With the debut of the new fuel developed by Shell, the IndyCar series became the first U.S.-based motorsport series to power with 100% renewable race fuel. That enables it to at least have 60% greenhouse gas emission reduction compared to fossil fuel-based gasoline. Now, the thing I'd have to ask is, and it'd be interesting to interview Shell to find out, how did they make it and how much energy did they use to make that? They claim that it's renewable, but how did they do that? And how much fossil fuel... How much oil did they use, or natural gas, or coal, did they use in that process? See, those are the things even in this pro-oil article doesn't even say. A lot more to talk about. It's one of those things I just keep coming back to over and over again because we cannot live without oil. Period. Well, I mean, guess we can if you want to go back to the days before the 1900s, which I don't want to, by the way. I, I like living where I live now. I like the time that I'm living in now. Some of you would say, oh, no, I want to go back in time. Yeah, have at it. Good luck. Not me. I like running water and toilet paper. Things that we have an abundance of. That, frankly, in the late 1850s, they did not have an abundance of. It was a way different world then, and no, I do not want to go back there. I like the time I live in right now. I like being able to pop something in the microwave when I get home tonight, warm it up, and eat it. I enjoy that. I don't want to have to fire up some, you know, wood-burning stove to cook my meal tonight. I don't want to do that. Most of you listening don't either. So, I'll leave it at that. We'll talk to Scott here in just one minute. Hi-Fi Plumbing is next. Speaking of plumbing, I love modern plumbing. I love flushing a toilet. I love turning on the sink and water comes out. The faucet, not the sink. You know what I mean. If you, like me, enjoy all those things and something's not working right, call High Five and they'll come out and take care of it. High Five Plumbing, 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. High Five Plumbing will help you keep your basement flood free with the right sump pump solutions. High Five can save you from water damage and costly foundation repairs. A sump pump replacement isn't an expensive fix, but putting it off can lead to more expensive repairs like flooring, walls, and mold damage. Basement flooding can also lead to eroded foundations or even cause your house to shift. With increased rainfall, sometimes it's necessary to install a second pump to handle the extra water volume. It's hard to tell if the pump is working on your own, so have High Five come out and take a look for you. As a valued KLZ listener, you'll enjoy a waived service call fee and $50 off the repair for a $100 total discount. So call High Five today at 1-877-WE-HIGH-FIVE or go to klzradio.com slash plumbing to schedule your visit. I clogged my toilet one too many times. I'll call High Five for this. Call High Five for this. Auto Repair, anything you, ve- you need for your vehicle, 18-plus service base to take care of you. Maintenance, repairs, you name it, they can do it all. Get ready for fall. I know that sounds far away, but it's really not. Get ready for fall. Go into Extreme. Find them at klzradio.com. Summer is time for graduations, road trips, and... 
car problems. You can rest easy because AAA Certified Extreme Auto Repair offers free pre-trip vehicle inspections for you and your family's safety. During the spring and summer when temps fluctuate, the parts on your car expand and retract, making them lose grip on the parts to which they connect. This can mean that your vehicle may run fine on your way out of town, but you could be in big trouble down the road. Batteries lose charge in extreme hot or cold temps. Brakes can lose grip under the increased strain. Fluids can get backed up or coagulate. Belts, hoses, and the cooling system need inspected. Any number of other things could go wrong. Extreme Auto's ASE Certified Master Mechanics will advise you on anything that they see that looks questionable and recommend fixes to you with no pressure or obligation to fix the problem there. An appointment is needed for the inspection, so head over to klzradio.com slash extreme or call them at 303-841-1071 to schedule yours today. Ridgeline Auto Brokers, all of your used car needs in one place because they can do SUVs, cars, trucks, you name it. If they don't have something, they'll do their best to find it for you as well. You can check out all their inventory, by the way. Just go to RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Are you in the market for a reliable car that won't break the bank? Drive Radio sponsor, Ridgeline Auto Brokers specializes in quality used cars that cost between fifteen dollars to $25,000, making them a great option for first-time drivers or anyone looking for a good deal. They pride themselves on providing a transparent and hassle-free car buying experience. That's why at Ridgeline, they never charge a dealer fee. Plus, all vehicles are inspected by Legacy Automotive, a Colorado Select member and sponsor of Drive Radio. For a limited time, they are offering first-time customers the first oil change for only $1. Every car comes with a 30-day warranty, with the option to purchase a service contract. And at Ridgeline Auto Brokers, there are competitive financing options to fit your budget. If you cannot make it to the dealership in person, there are videos of all Ridgeline cars for sale on their website at RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Call today at 303-442-4141 to schedule a test drive or visit RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Ridgeline Auto Brokers, the smartest way to buy a car. This is Rush to Reason, powered by Absolute Electrical Plumbing, Heating, and Air. All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. We are back. Scott Garlis joining us now. Scott, how are you today? Hey, John, I'm well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us a day early. I appreciate it. And before we get going, let everybody know how they can get a hold of you and what you do. Yeah, sure. Come check out Porter and Company Research. Um, we're there to help individual investors uh, grow and accumulate wealth. Um, and basically, a lot of the stuff I do every day is looking at the macroeconomic environment and what's changing in our world and how it's going to affect your investments. All right. Talk to us about corporate earnings. I know reports have come out, and they do all the time, of course, but let's just talk about those for a moment. Yeah, so they're off to a really good start. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, that you and I have been talking about a bunch is what the Fed's doing and uh, you know, what that's done the corporate balance sheets and the bank balance sheets. But one area that's really gotten hooked up is the large banks. Okay. In particular, uh, we've, we've had like J.P. Morgan and Bank America put up numbers, uh, Morgan Stanley recently put up numbers, and these companies are all rallying off of earnings because something that's known as net interest income 
And what that is is the fees they make off of lending money, they're hitting record levels. And unsurprisingly, it's because the Fed's raising interest rates and it costs more to borrow, and so the banks are, are making a ton off of that. Yeah, I'm just looking at a few of them, and they are. So, I mean, you know, granted, their costs like others have gone up some, although you know as well as I in the banking world, um, their costs don't change a whole lot, do they? No, no. I mean, it's you know, their cost to borrow is still going to be relatively cheap because they're borrowing from the Fed. So, And they're going to, you know, come hell or high water, pardon the expression, but they're still going to get their kind of flesh out of people when they loan money. That's right. You know, like any other business, they're not in business to lose. They're in business to win. Right. So they're they're going to raise rates. Um, You know, and so, yeah, that's why they're making a lot of money right now. And, you know, being one who's a fan of investing people or investing companies that make money, I I can't say that I blame them. Um, It's there, but... You know, you've made this point before. The Federal Reserve is causing inflation for people by yep. raising interest rates, and this is a prime example of causing inflation for everybody uh, because of the raising interest rates. Think about it: like if you are trying to buy a car, it's going to cost you a lot more to service the payments on those cars. Yep. You have to borrow any money. Right. Or if you're trying to buy a house, it's going to cost you a lot more to service the mortgage payments. So. The Fed has risen, driven your costs up higher, and that's that's pretty yep. No, I, I've said now, it. I said it earlier this week, Scott. There's only one entity, anytime, any place, anywhere that really causes inflation, and that is government, because they can print money. Businesses cannot. Yes, businesses can raise prices, and they do for various reasons. But typically, they're raising them to counter what government did by printing too much money. Yeah, no, that's, that's correct, and that's exactly what ha- is happening. And what bothers me about all this is that Fed is having to raise interest rates because of exactly that, because of all the spending that happened in March 21, and now you have people like Elizabeth Warren, for example, saying, well, you know, what's going on with banks? We need to put more regulation on them because these couple of banks failed. But the couple of banks failed because the Fed raised interest rates so quickly to offset they couldn't react. And it yeah, and they it damaged their balance sheets. Right. Things, you know, treasury, government treasuries that they own that weren't supposed to drop in value like that. So it's not really the Fed's fault or the bank's fault. It's the government spending, you know, sort of what came out of Congress that made all this happen. And then it's almost laughable that people in Congress are saying, well, we need to regulate the bank more and drive up their capital requirements. We've talked about this before, too. You know, but all that's going to do is hurt the little guy because... Again, all the banks are going to do is charge more on fees so they can make back the money that they might have to pass to the government. So it's, it's kind of a kind of a joke. But uh, so you know, let's in terms of the earnings front, um, you know, but we are seeing some other interesting developments too. Developments as well, like we look at companies like Pepsi and Conagra. You know, these are really basic economy uh, companies. They are seeing their costs drop, and they're seeing prices hold up. Okay. So they're seeing profitability improve, um, and this shouldn't be surprising because we talked about this last week. Like the producer price index growth is stagnant basically at this point, and you know if you look at it on a finished goods basis, it's actually in contraction. So you know that says inflation growth is slowing. 
um, and that should give the Fed room to stop raising rates. Let's see if they listen. Yeah, yeah um, that was going to be my next question. Will they actually... I mean, I know they're going to view those things, but will they actually take that into account and not raise them? Um, you know what? I, again, I think a 25 basis point rate hike uh, at the next meeting, it's next week, I believe it's July 25th, 26th, is a two-day time frame. I think it's going to happen. What I'm hoping is at this point the Fed says, okay, we're doing this 25 basis points, and we're pretty much done. Um, Mohamed El-Arian has been calling for crazy rate hikes for a long time, actually came out the other day and said, if the Fed goes any further than 25 basis points at the next meeting, they make a mistake. Hmm. Okay. Well, I, and I forgot to look before you came on. That meeting is end of this month? Is it, in, is it, in a, is it next week or is it the week after? I can't remember. No, it's next week. It's next week, okay. The 25th and 26th of July, they'll make their uh, final policy announcement on the 26th. So it most likely, is, so as we talk next week, we'll have an answer. I certainly hope so, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, but we should. We should have a better idea of what's going to go on with, with future policy. Okay, when we look at other companies out there and not just those which you call sort of staple companies, I mean, I know there's other companies that have had some struggles, although even though we're in this this recession if you would it, it seems to me like and and again you, you're you're watching this more closely than i it seems to me like companies have adjusted pretty well with whatever they need to do to still keep their profit margins where they need to be laying off people buying differently doing yep. whatever they need to raising prices which again this is where a lot of the inflation comes from as we've talked in the past but it looks like they're adjusting fairly well I don't see. I mean, here, here, three or four months ago, all you heard was, "Oh, there's going to be some, you know big resets coming. A lot of these companies are not going to be able to do it. They're going to be laying off tens of thousands of workers." Blah 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 blah. Scott, I don't see any of that. I, you know, I, I'm not really seeing it either. I mean, the, the big concern is people look at things like credit card debt as uh, keeps rising it's around record levels, and they keep waiting for that shoe to drop. And, and when is that going to fall apart? And, Spending to implode altogether. Well, at the moment, that's not really happening. So until you see something like that, the economy just feels like it's it's going to keep chugging along. To your point, it seems like companies have adjusted to wage inflation. Wage inflation growth is actually slowing down. It's it's I want to say it's around like four point four percent. I think was the last number, but it's not up around the 7 10% level that we saw like a year ago. So companies are finding ways to manage through. They're probably employing more technology, uh, which is making their businesses a bit more efficient, and it's putting more margin back in their pockets. And that's why you're seeing a bunch of the tech stocks run. But in terms of a market investing standpoint, one of the things we are seeing is analysts have cut their earnings estimates for a lot of companies okay. in anticipation of this big slowdown economic crash event. And because it's not happening, what we're seeing now is the earnings bar for corporate America is very low heading into the earnings season. So I think of it in terms of somebody, run, you know, if you're, you're trying to jump a hurdle or jump a, you know, doing a high bar competition, if the bar is low, it's really easy for you to get over. And if it's high, it's going to be hard for you to get over. So right now, this tells me the bar's been set very low, and it should be easy for corporate America to beat those earnings expectations. So and when I think about that, 
Sorry? No, go ahead. Keep going. You're fine. I, I was just going to say, so when I think about stocks and the markets in those terms, if the earnings hurdle is low and easy to beat, that means stocks are probably headed higher because investors aren't positioned for that. Okay. Which that leads me into the question where I've been, again, you know me, I listen to all sorts of different things. I don't believe everything yeah. I hear. In fact, some things I just laugh at and think, oh, you guys are, you're, you're just, you're way off base. This stuff's just not going to happen. I mean, whether it be housing market crash, used car market crash, new, new car market crash. I even interviewed a person here a couple of weeks ago uh, prior to the 4th of July that, you know, July was going to be awful. The stock market's going to crash. There's going to be a huge reset. Your dollar's going to be worthless, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, these are people that I've actually interviewed that say that. And there's even some folks on Fortune, Jeremy Grantham of GMO, stock market crash 70% likely in July. Scott, from what you're telling me, we're almost to the end of July now. We only got another week left. I don't see any of that happening. Not at all. I, I think, so Jeremy Grantham, great investor and people that have put their money to work with him and made tons of money. Jeremy Grantham is always calling for a stock market crash, I feel like, because he's a value investor. He wants to see good companies pull back in price so he can buy them cheaper. Okay. And you know what? That, that's I get that. Got it. That's how you make money. Got that, it. That's how he's made money for a long time. But, so because of the things I just talked to you about, with, what's going on with earnings, and expectations are so low, and that bar is set low, and it's easier for companies to hurdle. What happens is uh, analysts wind up having to raise their estimates down the road because they're, they're wrong and they're too low. So what that does is, as that happens, uh, the valuation multiples on the stock industry start to drop. Um, and basically, a really quick way to think about that is that you have you're expecting a dollar fifteen earnings, a hundred dollar stocks. $100 stock, or let's say $10 in earnings, $100 stock, that's a 10 times multiple, right? And then all of a sudden, earnings come out and they're 1050 So you want to take it to a 10 times multiple as a fair value. That stock's price would then have to go up to $150. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep, makes sense. So basically, if analysts have to take their estimates up by the end of earnings season, that means the stock market will get cheaper. And that means it'll go even higher. Hmm. So I, I think by the end of this year, because analysts keep waiting for this crash that isn't coming, we could see the S&P 500 at a new all-time high. Interesting. Okay, which goes against the big short investor Michael Burry predicting inflation would plunge and a crash and a recession is just yet to come true, but he's still predicting those things. What do you say? And, and again, smart guy. Don't think he's always Gary. right. He was right with the last deal back in 08, and I get that. He was very – although, Scott, you know, he just happened to have data he was looking at that ended up coming true because it was about as plain as day on your face. I think most people knew that that one was coming. I, again, I don't think yeah. he's right in this case. I don't either. Michael Burry was also calling for crazy high inflation that would cause a massive crash, and that hasn't come to pass. Correct. Um, so, yeah, I mean – Look, there's another guy, too, John Paulson, that made tons of money in only shorting the banks, and it's just it's been a disaster ever since. I mean, I think sometimes these guys that have these epic sort of couple years, these money managers, that they had what happened to, to these guys, Burry and Paulson, where they made lifetime gains in a year or two that you can never repeat again. It's incredible, but they have a hard time 
walking away from that same narrative because mm-hmm. it was so successful them in the past. And so they, they, they get stuck in a rut, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, again, brilliant guys, but it just... Well, and I've also learned through the years, Scott, that some of these people that have certain predictions in some yep. ways, and I've always I, I advise all my listeners on this, you have to be really careful of the people making predictions. And what I mean by that is what's in it for them? In other words, if they make a prediction that either yep. comes true or doesn't come true, you know, what's in it for them? How many clicks are they getting? How many people are viewing that video? How yep. many people are listening? How many people are buying some of the products they may be selling, which might be gold, silver, or, or other things along those lines? Yep. At the end of the day, what's in it for that particular individual, and should I be listening to them or not? I would much rather listen to folks that don't have a stake in the game, i.e. myself, because I don't gain anything yep. one way or the other out of, out, as to how I look at different things. I'm just giving it out. I mean, the, the used car market, for example, I don't gain anything whether it stays up or it goes down. I just simply look at the data and give recommendations on what's going to happen in that particular area. And I'm not an investor any way, shape, or form. So at the end of the day, for me personally, you got to look at what's in it for the other side. What are they gaining by giving out that information? The scarier the prediction, the more people are going to be apt to click because they want to know what's going to destroy them. Yeah. The, the one piece of advice I will give everybody is, if you look at the S&P 500 from when it started in the 20s to today, the average annual gain is 9.5%. Okay. And that is through multiple crashes. You know, that includes you know, the Great Depression. So if you are a steady, patient investor and you just keep chipping away, it will pay off very well over time. So 9.5% compounded basically doubles your money every seven years. Okay, last so but not I least, before I let you go, I've got a couple minutes left. Talk to me about crypto. Yep. There's a lot of folks out there saying you got to invest in crypto. It's the only way. I watched a guy the other day on a video. Only way you're going to make any money is you got to be in crypto, uh, blah, 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 yep. blah, blah. It's how I've made all of my money. you got to hold crypto long term, though. You can't be buying and selling. It's one of those things you buy now, you buy cheap, and someday it's going to pay off. I personally, Scott, I'm just not a huge crypto guy. I'm sorry. It's not backed by anything. It's backed by the faith of the people that have bought it is all. I just don't hold much stake in it. That's just me. It's totally fair. And I think if you're going to invest in crypto, you want to think about it in two ways. You want to think about either Ethereum or Bitcoin, and that's it. And if you do it, you want to have it as a very small percent of your portfolio. And that way, if it winds up growing... You know, you'll reap those rewards. But if it winds up cratering and goes to zero, it's not going to wake you. Okay, well, you know, really quick, what about RBX? That's one I've heard about where it's now getting regulated, per se. Does that make it any more valuable or less valuable? No, you know, I don't think it, it, it matters either way. Okay. I just, if it's not Bitcoin or Ethereum to me personally, I would avoid it. Okay. By the way, I wouldn't argue with that. And I, I'm also one that would say that when it comes to crypto if you can lose all of that money and walk away and not have it affect your lifestyle at all go for it but if you're putting your nest egg in there you better be careful completely that's how i see it i couldn't agree with you more john all right how to, one more time how do folks find you scott yeah porter and company research.com all right perfect scott as always appreciate it next week it'll be thursday and we'll have a little info from the feds i hope I really appreciate your time. You're very welcome, Scott. Appreciate it. Good conversation always with Scott. And I guess the reason I like Scott so much is 
he just thinks the same way I do about a lot of this stuff. I, I just I don't get amped up and worked up over things that even a lot of you out there uh, the listening do. You send me different things at different times, and I just don't get that amped up over those things. And m- maybe I should, although if you look at what we've done, even with Scott, I think we've been talking to him now almost three years solid, and, and you look at where we've come with him and the predictions he and I have made and where we are today— I'm not taking any credit because Scott's way smarter than I, but we haven't been that wrong. Even with what rates would do and where they've gone and what inflation was going to do and where we're at and so on. And frankly, it's just because to me, it's just simply looking at the data and realizing what's in front of you and making predictions based on that. And there's a lot of naysayers out there that, frankly, I just don't listen to. And as I just said a moment ago with Scott, I'm not a crypto guy. So that's one. Don't send me stuff on crypto. I don't believe in it. I don't own it. I'm not going to own it. I mean, I've got a little bit of Bitcoin just to play around with and kind of see what it would do at one point in time, but I'm not a big believer in any of that, and you're not going to convince me otherwise. I'm sorry. That's just one that I'm not convinced is going to do anything. I know a lot of people made a lot of money at one time, but those days are gone, and I just don't see that coming back. Affordable interest mortgage is next. Speaking of rates, we're going to find out from Kurt tomorrow how this is affecting all of the real estate end of things and what he feels rates will do moving forward. We'll talk to him tomorrow. In the meantime, 720-895-0500. That is Kurt's number. With everyone wanting more of your money from eggs to gas to taxes, how do you keep more of what you've earned? Call 720-895-0500, Affordable Interest Mortgage, where we can show you how to pay less interest on your home, have access to your equity for 30 years, and be prepared for unexpected expenses or emergencies. The market has changed. You now have more buying authority whether you want to purchase with a rate in the threes on a 3-2-1 buy-down or refinance and pay less interest on your home faster with the Asset Manager Mortgage. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500, where we've been serving Coloradans for over 20 years. Government agencies continue to raise the cost of financing, whether to purchase or refinance. Let us show you how not to pay these increased fees with loan programs designed to pay less interest and put you in control of your equity. If you want to purchase a home with the rates in the threes or you want to have access to your equity, call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. In these difficult times, you can still save. 720-895-0500. That's 720-895-0500. NMLS 298-191, regulated by DOOR. All right, somebody local that can help you face-to-face when it comes to everything Scott and I just went through where you may feel, hey, that's way over my head. That's Al Smith, Golden Eagle Financial. Call him and help you with whatever investment questions or investing you want to do. 303-744-1128. Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial is the coach you must have to prepare your retirement for any contingency. For more than 30 years, Al has seen retirement plans interrupted by the need for long-term care, sudden unexpected emergencies, divorce, or many other things that can stop you from enjoying your retirement. Al Smith knows that there's a 50% chance that you'll need long-term care at some point during your retirement and a 25% chance that the care will be for longer than a year and a half. These statistics are why Al works so hard to make sure that you're prepared for whatever comes your way. Al also knows that people often don't consider these events until it's too late to overcome them. Be informed and prepared for a successful, enjoyable retirement. Use Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial. Don't wait any longer. 
Schedule a short introduction at klzradio.com slash money to strategize your retirement dream. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC. A registered investment advisor, BCM and Golden Eagle Financial Limited are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Veteran Windows and Doors, give Dave a call today and have anything you need done when it comes to windows and doors in your home. He would love to take care of you. klzradio.com. Veteran Windows and Doors doesn't want you to fall prey to gimmicks like heat lamps. They want you to make a wise decision based on facts. Owner Dave Bancroft says making sure your windows are up to code and properly labeled is just the first step of the installation process with Veteran Windows and Doors. Dave promises their windows and doors meet the energy efficiency requirements, are right for your area of Colorado, and are correctly labeled at installation. The NFRC label is attached to the Energy Star label, and both must be energy efficient, or you will not receive any of the generous rebates that are available to you. Also, you need a transferable lifetime guarantee on the windows and doors that you invest in for your home, and owner Dave Bancroft provides that peace of mind, too. Veteran Windows and Doors prioritize integrity over gimmicks. Because in the end, it's not about the show. It's about the facts. Go to klzradio.com slash window today for windows and doors that stand the test of time. Is the cost of replacing your old copier with a new one a shock to your budget? I'm Josh, a technician with Business Equipment Service. We specialize in premium, like-new copiers and printers that have had very minimal usage. They look like new, they work like new, and are backed by our 12-month performance warranty. It's as new as you can get without the box. At Business Equipment Service, you don't get less, you just pay less. Check us out at BESofColorado.com. As independent brokers, GIA Insurance does not work for any insurance company. They can shop the market and find you the best premium for the coverage that you need. Call 303-423-0162, extension 100, or go online to e-gia.com. It's time to leave your safe space. This is Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. All right, that is about it for today. Again, if you missed the first hour, don't forget, because the National Crawford Roundtable plays tonight, you'll have to go to the website and listen to it there. You can also forward that to other people. We had a great first hour, by the way, talking about brain health and Alzheimer's, dementia, things along those lines. So if you missed that, please go to the website and check it out. It is it's very much well worth a listen, not just because I was doing it, but we had a very great guest where you very much enjoy listening to that and can send that on to other family members as well. Tomorrow, Dr. Kelly Victory and Steve House in hour number one. We're going to dissect all sorts of things going on right now when it comes to just the misinformation. We continue to be fed. That starting at 3 o'clock tomorrow. Have a great night. This is Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.